0: I'm Jason Bradford.
1: I'm Asher Miller. And I'm Rob Dietz. Welcome to Crazy Town, where Amazon is having a two-for-one sale on scratch-and-sniff rubber dog poop. Oof.
2: This is producer Melody Travers. In this season of Crazy Town, Jason, Asher, and Rob are exploring the watershed moments in history that have led humanity into the cascading crises we face in the 21st century. Today's episode is about online shopping, and how it has put consumerism into hyperdrive while undermining communities. The watershed moment took place in 1972. At the time, the estimated carbon dioxide concentration in the atmosphere was 326 parts per million, and the global human population was 3.85 billion.
3: Uh hey, Robin and Jason. Um I'm not feeling too up for doing this recording today. I'm like
0: Whoa, What's going on, man? Wait, I'm feeling
3: stressed, I'm feeling um you know, all this inflation stuff right. is, is getting to me. I'm I'm looking at the uh like
1: your inflated ego or what?
3: No, that's that that's uh, we've already hit the peak of that. Um no, <laughs> just you know, worrying about the cost of yeah
1: of everything yeah stuff's stuff's expensive worried
3: about how to make ends meet I was talking to my wife about that so um, I was looking for for ideas of how to just generate a little bit of extra revenue Mm -hmm. and I was thinking I still got you know one kid who's still like kind of relatively cute
0: yeah 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 one of them
3: yeah (laughs) he's younger yeah they don't they don't listen to this do they Uh, hopefully
1: not thank thank, thank God
3: and I was just thinking I, I don't know if you guys have heard about these unboxing videos they're great so it's just a way to make some make some money, you know. Yeah. I could put them on camera. Oh know. God. Oh. So you wait, just uh, un- order some crap.
1: unboxing, like this is the opposite of boxing, like it's a not this is, a MMA? No, this is not
3: like <laughs> watching two people being peacefully together right. in space. No. <laughs> people yeah. not this punching is, each other. You in the order face. some crap online, yes. they probably give you money, you know, to, to hawk their stuff. You pretend, yeah. ooh, I got this so thing, you, and the you, kid you... opens it up, and they're like, oh, excited they got this Oh, thing.
0: yeah, I mean, you're talking, this, this has got precedent, like that kid, uh, Ryan Kaji,
3: Yeah, Uh, that's exactly. That's why I was thinking about it. I mean, you just
0: need a fraction of his market, right? He started making money from ads on these unboxing videos. Yep. He now has 32.5 million subscribers and is about 2,200 videos in his, in his repertoire.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, he so. made, I think in a, a few years ago, he made like 30 million bucks in one year, right? Well, like when he was eight years old. Yeah. yeah. I'm He's not guy, looking for that much necessarily. No, no. You
0: just want a little piece of that pie. <laughs> just
3: a little bit. Just
0: yeah. get in, you know, a little, just a wedge.
1: Yeah. Not, not never, uh, never have to worry about inflation again. We just I, inflate your bank account exactly.
0: I mean, it's quite a, a treasure trove there to go through. My favorite are the videos where he's collecting his own collectibles. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So he's had a, he has a trademark line of toys, and
3: yeah, uh, that's where a lot of his money comes from—is actually like selling, licensing his name, like Trump does, basically. Yes, right? yes, yeah. and Co- uh, collecting his own collectible—that's the circular economy it, at work, it's, right there. It's
0: perfect. You know, he gets them from from Target or, or Walmart, and you know, buys buys a hundred. Of his own 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 things to get, yeah.
1: Well, in the uh, quote-unquote research for this opening bit here, you showed me a video, Jason, called Ryan Goes Camping with Daddy Pretend Play. Yeah. And it shows them outside (laughs) in a sort of plasticky yellow tent on AstroTurf. Yeah, the that's backyard. the best
3: kind of camping. Yeah.
1: Well, then he breaks out this plastic surprise cooler, and I say surprise because it's got all these little drawers with extra plastic stuff, and they pull out a uh, plastic box and and rip the plastic off, and it's a plastic juice box.
3: Yeah. You know what? He would have been a great spokesperson for Sugar Bowl. Do you remember yeah, our yeah, Sugar, yeah, bowl, the Sugar ad? bowl ad? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, you well, did a pretty good job, Jason, but he you would have really sold it. I'll tell He's you, I'll tell you I who who
1: doesn't do that good a job is Ryan's daddy and his acting. Talk about plastic. That
3: is <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you could you can make fun of the dude, but He's He's got a lot more money in the bank than you do, buddy. He's
0: rolling on astroturf with a lot of lot of greenbacks.
1: Okay,
3: well
0: let's
1: let's take this accumulation of money and and playing around on the internet back a few years. I want to take you guys back fifty years ago. So this is way before uh, whatever Ryan's time on. on, Yes, back when uh, I I was wearing diapers, maybe. Yeah, Yeah. this is this is this actually happened right around the time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, though. This happened right around when I was born at the Stanford Artificial Intelligence Laboratory, or SAIL for short. Okay. This is uh, kind of a wonky place, as you, you might imagine. You had computer scientists and students all working together at Stanford and creating this hacker culture, sort of anti-authoritarian. All the rooms are named after stuff from Lord of the Rings. You know, it's, it's about as nerdy as it can get. Well, so... The thing that happened in this sale place is basically the start of e-commerce or online shopping. Hmm. So what these guys did, though, they arranged a a purchase of marijuana with some students at (laughs) MIT. Across the country?
0: How do they ship it? That's dangerous.
1: I don't know, but it's... to me, it's awesome that basically yeah. the original instance <laughs> yeah. of e-commerce was a drug deal. <laughs> that That is good.
0: That is good. That's, That's a- the
3: origin of the dark web right there. <laughs> right. Yeah, right, right, right.
0: Well, okay, but... How do you get this to the masses? Well, in 1984, okay, everyone had color TV, right? And the, and the remote control had been really perfected by then. Because I remember when I was a kid.
3: You were the remote I control.
0: I was the remote control. Right.
3: I would get beer. That's why people had kids.
0: Yeah, I would go get beer and I would change the channel. That was my relationship you, with my you father. You should not have
3: been drinking beer at
0: the age of six. <laughs> no, 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 no. We watched ball games, okay? <laughs> right. I thought I was the greatest thing. Get me a beer, change the channel. I was so happy.
3: <laughs> you were so helpful. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I was helpful. I, I had something to do. Anyhow, but by 1984, I'm out of work on that because they've got the yeah. remotes and everything. And-
1: Automation. You know, yeah. we, we, this episode should maybe be about that instead yeah. of online shopping.
0: <laughs> right. But uh, there's a 72-year-old grandmother in the United Kingdom named Jane Snowball. <laughs>
3: Great name. <laughs> snowball. Yes.
0: Yeah. Right.
3: She started the snowball of e-commerce. Is right. that what you're saying?
0: Well, there was a device called the Videotex, a T-E-X. And she could order groceries through her telephone. Sorry, her television wow. by pointing the remote at it and, and selecting uh, on the system. So that's pretty cool. She, she ordered margarine eggs and cornflakes from her local grocery store.
3: Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, they still have in Europe, as far as I know, they still have this system on your television where you could get like news, weather, whatever it is. I mean, I don't know if anyone bothers using it anymore. But that functionality, I think. Broadcast
0: television.
1: Can can we just talk for a sec about how innocent that was too? Because I had read that there was the local town council. Yeah. That wanted to help elderly people yeah. who are kind of stuck
3: at home, be able oh, to get right. the things they need. Yeah. That's still the spirit of online shopping. Oh, right? yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's, just ask it's, Ryan. It's embedded in the DNA of, <laughs> of online shopping. Yeah. Well, let's fast forward another 10 years, okay? okay. You're going from 1984 to 1994. Nice. You know, the internet is really just, I would say, starting to take off. Yeah, early right? browsers now. Yeah, you got you got Netscape... Nobody knows. Actually, right. maybe some of our listeners will know this stuff because yeah. because they're our age. Maybe, yeah, yeah. So you know, you had Netscape, you had AOL. You know, people doing so, some stuff on the on the internet. There's a guy named Dan Cohn, from New Hampshire, and he sold a copy of a CD of his Sting. I guess he was done doing the tantric sex thing, and he didn't <laughs> need to listen to it anymore. <laughs> so he's like, "I'm going to sell this," and he sold it to to a friend of his, a guy named Phil Brandenberger. Uh, who lived in Philadelphia via this new website he started called NetMarket. His friend paid him, I don't know, like a dozen bucks for the CD and shipping. And and he sent his credit card number securely over the internet, which is a big part of this, right? Uh Using data encryption software. And that event was covered actually in the New York Times. The article was called Attention Shoppers Internet is Open.
0: Wow! Yeah.
3: And according to Lewis, it was the availability of that that security that allowed e-commerce to really the, these transactions to really happen, which makes a lot of sense, right? You don't want to give your credit card information right online, and God knows what happens, right? Right? Suddenly, you're buying all of Ryan's
1: outdoor camping supplies, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> God, useless. Do not go outdoors camping with any of Ryan's gear. Yeah, for crying out loud, (laughs) it's the worst stuff. Can't we just go camping? I mean, he's in in a backyard on AstroTurf.
3: You guys don't get this. He couldn't do that because he had to make another 17 videos that day. (laughs) That's right. He can't go off on a trip. This kid's got to work. Yeah, Yeah. you got
1: to be within Wi-Fi range so you can put stuff online. Okay, so we've gone from the watershed moment in 71 to 1984 to 1994. I think it's one year later that's kind of a banner year in the growth of of online shopping. So in 1995, that's when you get the founding of Amazon and eBay, two of our our cornerstone.
3: That's secondary to the fact that I met my wife Hmm. in 1995. Hmm. And um, Jerry (laughs) Garcia, the the late great Jerry Garcia, died in 1995. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Okay. You just heard it for the first time.
0: No, no, I knew he was dead. I didn't remember the year.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, now back to our regularly scheduled <laughs> program. So, this isn't
3: all about me. What are you talking right? about? Yeah.
1: So, uh, of course, over time, this whole new industry has grown by leaps and bounds. I was able to find some stats that looked at the growth of online shopping from 2014 through to what it's expected to be this year in 2022. So in, in 2014... There was a 1.3 trillion dollars of business done through online shopping, but it's been rising at an average of 20 percent a year since then. Wow. So, talk about exponential growth. Uh, what's the doubling time on that, Jason? Oh, uh, 20 percent a year, three, three and weeks. a half years.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, like three, three and a half years, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, it's supposed to be five and a half trillion uh, this year, and then worldwide, you've got over two billion online shoppers.
0: So, well, there's there's almost 8 billion people, so oh, there's a growth potential.
1: Yeah, yeah. You could get three quarters more of the, yeah. the population buying shit online. So we're
3: talking about in, le- in less than 30 years, basically, this just explosion.
1: Yeah, I think one of the stats that I looked up that I think at least gives you a marker for the growth would be the stock price of Amazon.com. So if you were uh, back in 1997... I think that was the year they went public. You could have bought a share of Amazon stock for a buck fifty.
0: I know. I should have bought a thousand shares, shouldn't I?
1: Yeah, or even ten for crying out loud. Because in twenty twenty one, it made it all the way up to three thousand seven hundred dollars per share.
0: Yeah, but if I had bought a thousand shares, then I'd have three point seven million. Well, you'd have more
1: than that because that stock split at several points in its history. I too. could
0: have done this if I had known.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know. By the I didn't time, buy Apple
0: stock either.
3: By the time this comes out, we, I don't know where the stock's going to be, but it's, it hasn't been doing that well All right. recently. You know? All right.
0: Well, you know, I, this this show is a little a little hard for me to do because I feel complicit.
3: Right. We are complicit.
0: Yes. I mean, I'm the voice of Alexa. You are. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. had.
3: I had Well, Then no you don't idea. need to do unboxing videos. You must have made a bunch. Oh, of cash. Oh my god! It's incredible. Yeah.
0: You don't sound quite
3: like oh, they use filters. In- anyway, that's, well, look. Uh, I'm look,
1: all these stats and all this growth—that's fine. We can document that. But I think the interesting thing is to figure out what are the things. Share. You talked about the ability to have an online transaction with a credit card that's right. secure. Let's let's yeah. delve into these a bit. Like, what are the things that you need in order yes. for for this online shopping? Uh, to I can balloon, tell you what my
0: I can tell you what my favorite part is. Mm. This is why this is the complicit part. Is the comparison shopping options where oh, where okay. you like I had to, I did binoculars recently, okay? I'm admitting this, so it's complicency. Complicency?
1: Complicitude. Okay, thank you. The, yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So it was so compliciousness for me <laughs> that I I found some binoculars with the right specs, and then it was like a compare button. And it pulled out other binoculars of similar specs, and I could like see the change at different prices available ability features that was sweet yeah
3: yeah that wasn't event i mean look you could comparison shop before that. Well, right? well, yeah. Just go from one sort of the other uh, Yeah, well, it was my a pain in the ass.
1: I remember as a kid, my mom driving us around all over Atlanta. Like, seriously, we'd, we'd drive 50 miles so we could save 18 cents on a, a pack of balloons you, for a birthday party. Is
3: your family of like, Dutch lineage or something? Because <laughs> this is a thing that Dutch are actually known for and sort of laugh at themselves about. If there's a sale, like somewhere across the country people get it on the train to go get it.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I think this got started this comparison shopping in 1995. So pretty quickly they're like they're like on it, right? Yeah, that's that banner year. Oh. and so one of the early ones was called Bargain Finder. Yeah. You could shop for music CDs and it would go find all the music stores that had these and then you'd have to go to that st- that store independently though. So they were just kind of assembling Whereas now, of course, you just hit a button and it. Whatever. Yeah, but
1: that's right. that's the big tech innovation there, right? Is that we're going to go out look for you yeah. at all the different stores, yeah, compile it in time. one website, yeah. So yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to do that. That's called the shop
3: bot.
0: Yeah, shop bot. So there was like a bunch of these out killer app, price watch, my Simon. And... These were
3: all names I was thinking about. Yeah, maybe yeah. my son, but I yeah, yeah. decided not to go with. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, well, I want to get back to another piece of infrastructure technology that that you've already hinted at, Asher, and and I mentioned again, is the security of online finance. And what I want to do here is bring up a regular character in Crazy Town, our our good buddy Elon Musk. Mm, Yeah, everybody knows that he made his money from Tesla and SpaceX, right? No. Wrong. Mm. <laughs> he made his money in, in this area that we're talking about, uh, among other things, too. Yeah. But he was a founder of kind of an online banking company called X.com. Now, at the same time... He likes the letter X. Yeah, he does. Like, like Gen X, SpaceX, X.com. He likes X-rated movies. <laughs> we're going to get sued.
0: I guess not. So, He's worth too much money to pull with him Twitter too now. much. Jeez. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there goes my two Twitter
0: followers. <laughs> he, he's a remarkable human being with a great heart.
3: <laughs> so, Lady, so, will you edit that part, yeah.
1: So, uh, while he founded that company, another good crazy town villain, a guy by the name of Peter Thiel, founded a, a company called Confinity. And uh, what ended up happening in the year 2000, Confinity and X.com merged and became PayPal.
0: Yeah, they're still around. Yeah,
1: well, uh, Elon Musk became the CEO of PayPal, and then they ended up selling the company to eBay in 2002 for $1.5 billion. So, you know, you think about Musk and Tesla, nah, it was really PayPal.
3: Hmm. All right, I, I got I to gotta share some things about, about Peter Thiel for a second. Oh. One thing is I'm going to give the guy a compliment, okay? So at the time when they sold to eBay, they were going to go public instead. So they were going to have an IPO, and their valuation was going to be much higher, basically, than I think they wound up getting from eBay for being sold. But Thiel was prescient and saw the dot-com bust coming and this is sort of the first iteration of a boom and bust cycle in, in the internet i
0: think it was busting by 2002 this
3: is probably when it was closed yeah this this date that that um dropped okay, right I see. so and he had to kind of like, I think, fight with, with the other folks in the company to sort of convince them, we've, yeah. got, we've got to take this money. I mean,
1: everybody wants an IPO, right?
3: But, but think about that. If they hadn't done that, right? And they had gone public and, and then their shares cratered. I mean, would we have Elon Musk? All the wonderful you
0: know? things we have now. <laughs>
3: no,
1: we, we would have a utopian society yeah, right. that was sustainable and equitable. Right.
3: <laughs> the other thing I wanted yeah, to right. say about, about Peter Thiel's I've actually, I've spent some time with the guy a few times. Oh, um, did
1: you do backyard camping on some astro turbines? Yes, that's exactly what I
3: did. No, I've, I actually had dinner at his house, uh, met him at his, at his office.
1: Yeah, Jason, what do you think? I mean, our friend here with the con- consorting with billionaires. No,
3: coming clean, PCI <laughs> has actually gotten funding from Teal. We got, we got a grant from him once. Okay. And the reason is, and this is why this guy is, uh, to me, a very fascinating character, who I'm not a fan of is that he was very peak oil, not even aware, I would say incredibly knowledgeable. Yeah. And, and and in fact, his investment strategy, at least as he communicated it, his whole sort of worldview was really built around understanding the role that energy played in societies. Got to know him because his right-hand guy was somebody who was really into this, and he was actually working on a book looking at... World War One and the role that Pete Cole played hmm. in that for the UK. Yeah, so, so just
0: go down the authoritarian track there.
3: Right. <laughs> well, that was how the connection was made, and he actually gave us some funding to support yeah. our, our work with David Hughes on looking at fracking production. Well, so I, I know some of them strange bedfellows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. that he stopped giving us
1: funding because you refused to let him sell us to eBay.
3: Right. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the reason. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, the other thing that I I look for, okay, when I'm daily doing my online shopping, <laughs> is customer reviews and ratings. And this is a big deal, right? We're looking for those four-and-a-half to five-star products and services, aren't we? I mean,
3: this is why we have so many listeners to our podcast, Yes, is people looking we're asking at their ratings. For,
0: yeah, we're asking people to do this. We're complicit, is what I'm saying. Yes. We're complicit.
1: Well, and you don't really think of this as a technology, but it really is. You know, like 1999, prior to that, basically, this...
0: This wasn't this a wasn't thing. A big I mean, there were thing.
1: there were Cisco uh, and Ebert movie reviews. You right, know, they would uh, give you four stars on your movie, but-,
0: but they have public like the actual you know verified user kind of thing. You
3: well, know? even before it was verified users, right? I mean, right. It, there are problems. Yeah, but it's it's actually interesting because you're you're talking about movie reviews. That's like going to somebody who maybe went to film school and like <laughs> yeah. has studied film, and you're like, oh, this is an expert opinion. I'm going to listen to their opinion. And Now it's like basically ten thousand yeah. Yahoo's who are, are as dumb as you are, right. Saying I like this. I, I love, like this.
0: I love the American Pie videos of exactly. movies. They're, they're they're fantastic. They're the greatest thing I've seen the since classic. I was in high school. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So the 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 wild thing to me is that the companies that did this like a famous one at the time was called Epinions.
0: That's a great name.
1: Yeah, it's a terrible name. It's a it's great. It's a E-Pinions. terrible name. It's
0: fantastic. But,
1: you know, they didn't buy sell process do they didn't do anything other than collect people's ideas about products and then, if they could convince someone to click a button and go buy something, they'd get a little commission from the, the company whose website I they just, went to.
3: Rob, I just had the. You got to tell me the name of the character again. Yeah, Lloyd Dobler. Thank my, you. You my, knew exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I, <laughs> of course, I don't want to work anywhere where I have to buy anything or sell yeah. anything. Or Yeah, yeah. I, I had a
1: whole uh, Lloyd Dobler theory
0: in a previous
1: That's episode. Right.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, one of the dominant ones now is Yelp. And. That's interesting because it's about services, not just products, right? So actually, there was a guy who was trying to find a local doctor. The guy started Yelp, and so
3: is that why it's called Yelp?
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Yelp. (laughs) Anyway, so he created a website. We got sound effects
3: in this podcast.
0: Uh, And now, of course, we've got you know Amazon does this, Google does this, Facebook does this, Tripadvisor does this. So
3: look, I'll be honest. That's what I look for. I go right to the to the reviews and the ratings. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's absolutely a huge factor. And when I go to like an actual local grocery store, I'm like lost. I'm like, right. who's here to tell me what to buy? which of these to buy? Yeah. right. Which
0: potato chip?
3: I'm just grabbing people like, which one do you think? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Opinion and poll with, in the store. And with COVID, it's, doesn't, it's not working very no, well. No, no.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. This stuff just gets more and more nefarious as you look at different technologies. So adding on to the the ratings and reviews... You've also got the development in 1999 of the wish list.
0: That's my favorite.
1: So this works like a wedding registry yes. where you make a list of what you want. And, and then that that's apparently telling your friends and family the the actual things to buy for you, which seems a little bit uh, forward. It's to- the only reason
3: I got married. It was yeah. that I wanted to have... Oh, yeah.
0: Bed, Bath & Beyond? Or Pottery what? Barn. Pottery Barn. Crate & Barrel yeah, was yeah, actually
1: yeah. an early uh, purveyor oh, of, of this technology. But what's really insidious is that you are directly telling the retailer what products you're interested in. So, of course, that opens you up to this barrage of targeted advertising. But even worse is that you are giving these companies useful data about you and your preferences. Our uh, researcher extraordinaire Alana, she found this article on this terribly named website called Big Commerce that offers tips to e-commerce providers. Once you've submitted a wish list, so Jason, mm. let's say you make a wish list. It's got binoculars on it. It's yep. got a plastic hidden drawer cooler yep. and a uh, and a set I... of astroturf for okay. your front yard. Sure. Now, this big commerce is telling e commerce sites how to hook you.
0: Right. Because it's on a wish list, but I haven't bought it yet.
1: Yeah. So they say, do stuff like send Jason a price drop alert Mm -hmm. or let's create urgency by telling him, uh oh, our AstroTurf supply is running low. Hurry up. Right. Oh, it's just, it's horrendous. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think, I think it's worth talking about. Some of the infrastructure that makes all this possible. I mean, electricity. Oh, well, sure. Okay. A uh, uh, human brain. A lot of this stuff really is about, if effectively, big data. And being able to to collect data on people. In the case of ratings and reviews, and we didn't really talk about the whole thing around people like you like this shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which I think was a really really instrumental and influential thing you know you go on amazon and you see what other people like you have bought right? oh yeah
1: we're, we're gonna get to that yeah that's, so that's that's a huge a one.
3: lot of that just has to do with just the ability to collect all this data but there's other infrastructure i think that's worth really talking about and i'm a little bit familiar with some of this stuff just because my my dad who worked at intel for a long time and was sort of very involved in Intel's growth strategy stuff. Uh, he he's he helped start their their venture capital fund and there. As like a computer a chip
0: company, not like the NSA.
3: Right. Okay. Yes. Just making sure. Computer chip company is probably doing both. Yeah. Though, really. I mean, <laughs> and, let's get serious. And part of his job was try to actually stoke demand so For that people chips. would buy because because Intel was putting out. Computer chips are twice as fast every two years. Yeah, so you need law. to get people to have a need for that faster computation. Yes. So it's about basically creating more demand for it, but also creating the infrastructure that supported people to be on their computers.
1: So basically what you're trying to say is that the, I por- my the porn industry moving online probably created the demand for faster computers.
3: Well, I actually, well, I think the <laughs> porn industry has been innovative in a lot of areas around The internet. I mean, I I think that's no joke. But, but a big thing was actually just being able to go from dial-up modems at home to higher speed cable internet, and it was a big deal because you know, do you remember like the very beginning of the internet? You got your first email account or whatever. Maybe you are at our age. You were at a university or something like that. Or for most people, they were working at a job and they got an email account at their job. Yeah. And computers were actually at work. And sometimes people would stay no, I, late. Yeah, I, I,
0: I, I can't remember when I finally had it at home because I was at the university or at the at the right. research institute. And you got this fast, like, what, T1 connection or right. whatever? Right, so
3: that was the thing. The infrastructure existed for you to get faster speed connectivity right. at a large institution or whatever, yeah. a company, a university or whatever. And people would actually stay late at work right. to do whatever nascent form of online shopping there was or right. reading stuff or whatever. It wasn't until you went from dial-up to DSL stuff that people could mm. really do yeah. a lot of entertainment at home on their own personal computer and it's like if that didn't exist, if we talk about this a lot with the Marvin Harris cultural materialism stuff. If that if that infrastructure didn't exist, none of this other stuff. would And have it seems
0: like that was early two thousands where the transition happened to be more at a lot of home availability. It came. Well, it was in stuff. the
3: nineties, really, uh-huh. but. We don't see this behind the scenes, but there's a lot of stuff that happens. There was a big push to actually make televisions. You talked about this earlier, Jason, to do online stuff on your TV was where most companies thought things were going to go. It took a long time for them to realize it was actually going to be the personal computer. And then, of course, those mobile devices. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a
1: really good point to share. And there's plenty of other infrastructure and technology that came along that supports this whole culture of online shopping. You got... I mean, hell, you got stuff like warehousing. You've got the delivery companies. Yeah, FedEx I mean,
0: is incredible, right? Yeah,
1: like FedEx was kind of a new company when we were kids. Now you got Amazon competing with them for for delivery. You have all this just in time shipping and and the trucks being warehouses on wheels that Walmart does. You got other online consumption stuff like the the higher speed stuff has allowed for streaming video. Right. You know, think about how much consumption. Of online video is done, especially uh, you know in the pandemic years.
0: I mean, I'm just addicted to the unboxing stuff, right? I mean, <laughs> right. I, that's, that's a discovery. It's amazing.
3: Well, Wait until the metaverse, buddy. Oh, unboxing in the metaverse? <sighs> wow. Well, and one of the uh, things that, that's really noticeable
1: is all of these technologies and all this infrastructure. If, if you were going to say one company embodies it, it's got to be Amazon. I mean, they sort of... They can do all of it. Yeah, they're in all aspects of it. It's and we we'll, we'll, we're going to hit on Thank Amazon God,
3: because it just makes it so much easier that way. Yeah. yeah, I really appreciate it. Well, we should talk about why this even is a watershed. Why do we pick this as a watershed moment topic?
0: The marijuana sale across the country. Yeah, exactly. yeah,
3: yeah, okay. What, that moment. Yeah. why was that so pivotal in the the long arc of it's us because at a crazy people town.
1: started smoking so much. They got hungry. The snack food industry went crazy. That was it. Yeah. Done. Story over.
3: No, I mean, obviously, a big part of this has to do with modern capitalism, late stage sort of capitalism, consumerist society, a consumerist economy, and how much that that online shopping has served to just ramp that way up. Yeah. And, and you think about the ability for online shopping to, in a sense, just take away all of the obstacles from being a consumer, I, I mean right?
0: I do not like getting in my car, driving someplace, and going into a store. I honestly don 't like it right
3: now some of it is some of it is like just ease yeah right? um, some of it is actually just the the manipulation we we talked about this with our advertising episode that we did, just the ability to to manipulate understand the psychology of the human mind, but you couple that with with all the technology and then the sort of the ease. Of use, you you add these wish lists in, make it really easy for people like just to save their the credit card their credit card information oh, yeah. is just fantastic. a one click thing. Yeah, Do you know fantastic. what I mean? Hell, you don't
1: even have to click, right?
3: You can just tell it. You just now. blink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could you could tell it now. Then they did things like this. Stuff is so f- it seems on the surface of it like. <laughs> Oh, we just care about the consumer. Or we're just trying to make it easier for the consumer. All the benefits you get for the shit—it's just so fucking nefarious. There like, you go. I, I was waiting yeah.
1: for you to drop your first f bomb. You were so close, one? and then, and then uh,
3: here's the f bomb: <laughs> free, right? So like free shipping, <laughs> yeah. free returns. Yeah. You know, like just again, removing all these barriers and it's best things in life, like, baby. We just make your experience so much easier. But what it really means is that you're just gonna buy more shit. If you if you spend fifty bucks you'll get free shipping. Or if you get Amazon Prime, here I am marketing for them, they should pay us. Yeah. You know, then you never have to pay for well, shipping.
1: Except I bet you the average Amazon Prime subscriber would pay a lot less than that subscription fee in their actual shipping fees if they just didn't have Prime. So screw you, Bezos and Amazon. <laughs> right.
0: Ah. Well then Alexa's my favorite. You had a story about Alexa that accidentally made people like buy stuff for what was that again?
3: Yeah, I think I maybe maybe I mentioned it's it. It's worth the podcast.
0: saying again. It's so good.
3: Well, so there was this, this story of this girl who ordered like a dollhouse on Alexa, right? Because you know, Alexa's fucking listened to you all the time. Yes, and. I and am. she's like Alexa, I want a dollhouse. You know, <laughs> this is exactly what she sounds like, I'm sure. And then a couple days later, all of a sudden, boom! This like 150 dollhouse shows up. At the right. House. I don't know if that's ex- exactly right, yeah. how much it cost. And I think a local news station heard this story, right. and they're like, "Oh, that's a that's a funny story." So they went and visited the family, and the quote unquote journalist, the local <laughs> media person, was like talking, interviewing family, and and she's like, r- kind of recreates the scene of yeah. Alexa, you know, order this. And all these people watching the local news <laughs> yeah. with their own Alexas. In the background. Hear this woman talking through their television set. Alexa, order this. And their Alexas order that, that product. I love it. Yeah. Which is That's it's just beautiful. It's, it's, beautiful. The
1: it's the best. Go back to our episode on positive feedback loops. <laughs> exactly. You got, you got one going there. It's
3: like quintessential modern we U.S. We should repeat
0: this the story every season at least once.
1: Yeah. So yeah, the the whole idea of ramping up consumerism and modern capitalism that goes with, with the growth of, of online shopping is big. But I want to get on to another topic that you alluded to a little bit before I share, and that's this whole, uh, what I think of as abuse of our personal data. So with online shopping came this technology, right, of recommendation engines and suggestion algorithms you can go back again to Amazon and in nineteen ninety-eight, they came up with this idea for a book matcher where it would mm-hmm. you know, based on what you browse and purchase, they could recommend books. And that thing morphed into something called instant recommendations, which of course went to all products. And the the programmer who who helped build this, a guy named Greg Linden. And it was really innocent at first, as it always is, right? He said something like, We enjoyed helping people discover books that they probably wouldn't have found and it it was not about marketing. We just wanted people to find books they would love. You know, it's kind yeah. of nice. Yeah. But then he's like, Yeah, but it turns out that people do buy more when you help them find things that they like.
0: Oh, totally, dude. I I, I was I ordered a simple, simple order a broadsword, and a chainmail. Uh-huh. And the next thing I know, I'm just down this rabbit hole, and a trebuchet is showing up at the house. Oh, my God. Christian was upset.
3: Was she? Oh, it was- How ex- many trucks did it take to deliver that? Oh,
0: it was just one flatbed. But, I mean, a trebuchet, I, I had to admit, it was a little over the top. Yeah. But unboxing that was fun as hell. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there must have been quite a bit of uh, plastic packaging that came with that.
0: Oh, no,
1: no. Cardboard and straw. Oh, nice. So- I'm going to I'm going to bring us back in again just for a moment uh get off the trebuchet arc here. What's crazy about this stuff though is the high technology that's behind it. It's not just like, okay, Jason, you ordered a broadsword, therefore you want a trebuchet. It's more like What did that guy who shares some personality traits with Jason Order? Yeah. You know, and it's like it compiles all this stuff. A longbow. You know, you got (laughs) things like collaborative filers and fuzzy logic and real time engines behind all this. And suddenly, yeah, you, you you've you've just got this this thing that's telling you what you need
3: to buy and hitting you with it all the time. Well, and I mean they're pretty accurate. Yeah. Netflix uses this. They use it for like movie recommendations. And if it wasn't accurate, it wouldn't work. Yeah. You know what's really. What makes it accurate? The fact that they're collecting all this data about all these people and they could, they could splice us up into all these little parts and mash them together and say, you're like this person. You
1: know what's really sad, though, is that I'm now being sold products and advertised based on our crazy town season. Oh, yeah. I am not it's kidding. Because it's what I've surfed and it's what I've talked about. So, right. like, my latest one is I'm getting ads for uh, for some outfits that want to buy used refrigerants. Like they- <laughs> They wanna get my Freon on if I have any, yeah. I guess. So they can burn some more holes you in like the You're not getting Joel Osteen? I ads? still get some Joel oh, yeah. Osteen inspiration. I got fumes, some great thanks. I
0: got some great cheap tickets to the World's Fair in Dubai. Uh, <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there was a, the, this frequently bought together thing can backfire because these are stupid AIs. Really, they're just sort of right. they're just sort of following uh, like some sort of algorithm. And so, um, this team of investigators for a British television station found that Amazon's frequently bought together suggestions prompted customers to purchase a combination of items that can make a bomb. <laughs> great! Yeah, great. Yeah, great.
1: Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. That's outstanding. I, That's I gotta great.
3: say, I just just as a little aside. Obviously, they developed this technology in order to get people to buy shit, but it's also that same technology and that same approach has been applied on social media, for example. And, yeah. and there's a dark side to that, too. I mean, there's all these stories of when Facebook kind of changed their algorithm to really promote groups. They're really trying to get people to join groups online on Facebook. And what they did was, and there's an amazing story in New York Times of this woman who became a, a huge, actually, sort of pseudo-celebrity in the QAnon space, mm-hmm. who actually was a woman who was, like, really into... She was, like, an anti-GMO activist. She was really concerned about industrial ag and pollution, these kinds of things. And when Facebook was making this big push, they were like, you might like this group, which was oh. a QAnon group, because right. she was outside of the, the norm. Of the norm. Right. They're like, she must like this shit, too. Right. You know? She believes in the conspiracy theory that, you know, industrial ag is bad. Therefore, let's give her this conspiracy theory. You know, right. That, yeah. Like, yeah. That, well, well, we're kind of we're kinda right. outside
1: yeah. the norm, too. Does that mean next season we're going to be promoting QAnon shit?
3: Uh, shh. We're
0: already doing <laughs> Come it. on. Uh, that, dude, it's in development. Don't. Ah, it's too early.
3: Don't
1: spoil it. Um,
3: all right. Well, I want to talk. I want to talk about the thing that really gets me pissed or one of the things that really gets me pissed. And I'm just going to focus on Amazon again on this one. Okay. It's the whole impact of online shopping and big box stores as well on Main Street, on local economies, local communities. There's been great work being done on this. I highly recommend people check out the work of Stacy Mitchell at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, for example, Michael Schumann and others who have done a lot of work looking at the impact of big box stores, large corporations, and online. Uh, Stacy's done a lot of work on Amazon Looking at the economic impacts on local communities, tax revenue to local businesses being shut down. So I don't want to necessarily get into that. I just want to talk about the fact that Amazon took... Years and years to become profitable. Yes, they started in 1995. It wasn't until the end of 2001 that they recorded their very first quarterly profit. Right. Wow. So, and that was like a measly five million bucks mm-hmm. in that six-year period or whatever it was. They lost three billion dollars. Right. Right. They made five million in one quarter. It took them a while to actually become truly profitable. Yeah, like have, have
0: and, a net return. And how did
3: account. they do all that? They did that by basically undercutting. I mean, they they undercut local booksellers first. They sort of cornered that market. Jeff Bezos started selling books out of his fucking garage or whatever his origin story is. (laughs) And, Um, Uh and then they slowly went and they started basically attacking all these other industries or these retail areas, and they would be happy to lose money. They still lose money on a lot of things, right? Because they're loss leaders for them. They lose money on this one thing, but they capture an audience, they can capture a market, and then they can ratchet up the costs. And that's what they did with the book selling. You know, that's what they've done with a whole bunch of things. And the only way that they could do that was they basically had the asset, class, the moneyed class, whether it was venture capital or when they went public, people who were invested can invest in the stock market, who could sort of ride this out. They didn't need an immediate dividend, you know, on, on this investment. They could lose money, you know, on this for a while because they had plenty of money yeah. to begin with. So they could just put out mom and pop businesses, basically undo the fabric of local economies. Yeah. And it was only because it was in a sense the rich getting richer. And that shit just, I guess it just drives me absolutely mad, and it led, not only to the, the kind of the evisceration of local economies on some level, it led to the further outsourcing right. of labor and production of things and more cheap crap being made in other parts of the world and shipping it from far away and all that stuff. Well, I think we should keep this thread going
1: and see if we can make you really lose your shit a share (laughs) because you're talking about the rich getting richer. Well, this whole rise of online shopping also really helped with the rise of oligarchs. It's the billionaires and the inequality. You You talked about Jeff Bezos and how he managed to get the billions that he's got. We've also already mentioned Elon Musk and Peter Thiel. There are others too, Colin Jing Huang, Jack Ma, Wang Jing, you know, all these guys that have uh, I mean let's be honest, like as predators sucked away all of this money that they could never spend in dozens of lifetimes. So you
0: just mentioned a bunch of folks I think were probably from China, which yeah. is of course has Alibaba.
1: Yeah, pin duo duo, Dingping JD. Yeah, there's all these companies there. have never the,
0: heard of much. Uh, yeah, but, but
1: they're like the Amazons of of China.
0: Uh-huh. But
1: yeah.
3: I think there's a little subtlety there that we need to look at, which is I think some people would argue, look, these guys created new industries. They created a lot of jobs. I mean, Amazon is one of the biggest employers in the in the country in the United States. They've provided all these benefits to consumers by lowering prices you know like these are the sort of pro arguments for what these guys have done of course and when you look at the world through our lens you see well that's eviscerated the the fabric of local communities the resilience of not only local communities but our nation look at all the outsourcing oh the political uh, disruption it's caused the, the the supply chain breakdowns issues that we've had these have all kind of resulted from all this stuff and not to mention all the environmental consequences, the issues in terms of labor practices and all that stuff. So you could call it a net positive. Some people might. I think we would probably not see it that way. And
0: the pandemic basically fed into all this, too. So yeah. you have this infrastructure in place, so you don't have to go out your door and, and anything you could possibly desire just shows up in a package. And consumers now spend an average... This is American consumers, I yeah. believe. Mm-hmm. Six point seven billion online each month for groceries, which is up from the three point one billion they spent pre-pandemic.
1: Yeah. Well, back in twenty nineteen, I, I remember spending only two point eight billion dollars <laughs> on my grocery
3: bill. Right. And now, yeah, yeah, now it's, almost it's almost seven. seven. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. But that's just that's just groceries. It's true. I it's mean, just I think this pandemic has changed a lot of people's behavior. And Amazon, for example, made huge, enormous profits during the pandemic because people were shopping from home. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen this growth of Amazon trucks everywhere, yeah, right? Like, even here, I, I know that there was a shortage of bus drivers for, uh, for what for school because. People were getting hired instead to be drivers for. Well, you know, the school is like saying,
0: "Like, sorry, no kids are coming in." Yeah. So they're like out of work. So what else are they going to do?
3: No, but even when the kids went back to school, they, they couldn't get them back. They couldn't bus the kids. There were some days where like kids were just waiting. My son was waiting outside. Have the Amazon bus- truck take your kids exactly. to school. Package them up, by, yeah, and just wrap them, and them anyway. in plastic wrap and yeah. boxes, yeah. deliver them to their class. If you wrap them It'd enough, you don't even need to slow down. Just toss them out yeah. the I back. Yeah, I
0: mean, you could help a load and unload on the way.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, you, you just glossed over another topic that we have to hit at least a little bit. And that's how much all this online shopping has ramped up waste and, and pollution. I mean, the rise of Amazon.com is directly correlated to the fall of the Amazon rainforest. Right. I mean, it's...
3: Did we do... We, we did a bit once, I think, on our show about like products that were named after the things that they were yeah, destroying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. Is like a, a Denali and right, whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So just think about as you ramp up all of that buying and delivering and, and throwing away your cheap, you know, crappy, meant to fail products the waste streams are just incredible there was a study by a group called Oceana that found that Amazon generated 465 million pounds of plastic packaging waste in 2019
3: it's not like plastic weighs that much that plastic packaging yeah and That's of a lot of
1: the 465 million pounds 398 actually ended up choking marine mammals, oh, geez, all of them. there was just right in their throats and their blowholes. They couldn't breathe. It was terrible. Oh, God. One of these stats is brought to you by Amazon.
3: Oh, oh that that actually kind of hurts to laugh at, <laughs> I got to say. On the wayside, I think that maybe maybe there's some public consciousness about this. I don't know. But it was surprising to me to learn about this because I'm not... A big fashionista. I no. don't know if you guys have. What? I know. I know you see me. <laughs> wait, on wait a, a second. You and, are
1: the only one of the three of us who isn't wearing a hoodie right now. <laughs> so I true. think that puts you. And enough. I'm the only
3: one who's wearing pants too. <laughs> yeah. Or obviously <laughs> doesn't need to know that. But um, I got later hosen. Come on. <laughs> I'm not a big fashionista, so this is kind of surprising to me. But you know, it's estimated that the number of garments that are produced each year has more than doubled since 2000,
0: and the population has only gone. From six point one billion to seven point eight.
3: Yeah, only we've only added. We haven't like doubled a the population. Billion. But but some of <laughs> a lot some of this a lot of this I don't know exactly what the what the percentage is does have to do with we talked about ease of use stuff before yeah. right saving your credit card information free shipping all the yeah. things that they do to make it easier one of the the really evil sick fucking things that they do <laughs> under the guise of like, hey, this is so nice for you, is free returns. You can return your stuff if it yeah, doesn't fit. Of course. And they give you all the stuff that you need in order to do the return. Yeah. Makes so a lot of people, there was actually, there was a, a survey done of, of American shoppers and more than half of them basically said, yeah, when they order clothes, they order multiple sizes to see what fits. You can understand from the perspective of a consumer why that would be convenient, and they're not going to a store. I mean, you go to the store, you you try try on three freaking sizes. It's right there. It's so much fun. Right, but now you got to get it sent to you, and then you're like, ah, two of these three don't work. You send them back. Well, people maybe assume, oh, that just goes back on the virtual shelf. It doesn't. A lot of the stuff just goes right into the waste stream. Right and only,
1: into that whale's blowhole. Exactly.
3: And only 15% of textiles are, are recycled. A lot more <laughs> of it could be recycled. But, and the other thing about garments... Is that the rise of polyester, which is mind boggling if you actually look at the stats? It's insane, right? Yeah. I thought polyester, that's like something some 70s dude wears with these right. medallions. But no, polyester yeah. is like John in,
0: Travolta, the in pants.
3: Fucking everything now, yeah, man. It is, yeah. You know, it's in your jeans that you think are cotton. You know, oh, they, they weave now. it in because it's so cheap. I miss the and old
0: durable. 501s. They started out this yeah, cardboard.
3: It's dude. Yeah, yeah it took, no, but it's you nice had, and soft. and
0: you, stretchy. But it took you two years to break them in. The the really right.
1: good jeans are also laced with fentanyl. Old these
3: days, <laughs> we'll get there. I'm sure we'll get there.
0: I know. Now you put jeans on, it's like, wow, these are just silky. It's nice.
3: And yeah, sh-. and you get that little contact high if, I, <laughs> if you're talking about Rob.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the the, uh, the estrogen um, disruptors, you know, shrink your testicles in half as soon as you put them on. So then they don't fit anymore. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, well, the other thing that's been going on, which is, you know. Fascinating and horrific is the um, the commercialization of the of the quote unquote sharing economy because a lot of you know you think let's go back to the origin story right right He's got hippie anarchists and stuff and they they think they're going to change the world because we're going to connect the global mind and you know with great information and great connectivity we'll, we're going to we'll send limit. some
3: skunky marijuana <laughs> three thousand miles yeah
0: but. There's elements of this that are still around. There's like relics on the internet of this kind, like Wikipedia, is, you know, kind of like, but other things get co opted, of course. So, couch surfing is a really good example of this. It was a, an incredibly successful travel social network. Mm-hmm. And in 1999, it was sort of invented by this guy from New Hampshire who just sort of hacked into some university of Iceland database and spammed a bunch of students at this <laughs> university in Iceland and and uh within 24 hours he had like a uh, 100 offers of like yeah you can stay in my place I don't know. Was if that's that an Icelandic, an
3: Icelandic accent? <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't know. I tried to be like Thor. Okay. I don't know.
3: Try Bjork instead.
0: I yeah, see. I can't do accents that well. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I get apologize.
1: nervous every time Jason goes into some kind of
0: voice. So. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I, my, I, I'm sorry. I apologize to our vast Icelandic audience, <laughs> of which we there's only like six hundred thousand. Well,
1: there were. Now we have two. <laughs> okay. who, who weren't offended? Yeah. yeah.
0: So anyway, he had such a positive experience—people willing to let him sort of just hang out in their living room—that <laughs> he started Couchsurfing.com in 1999, and it was, you know, a movement more than a business. They was trying to just sort of connect people in this wonderful way, and of course, Airbnb took off in, in 2007, and sort of commercialized and, that and whole then thing. It's up commercializing the whole thing. I mean, I'm saying it's all bad. But you see how it can get twisted, right? And now and now there's people complaining about Airbnb. Like as an investor, you can buy a house, say in Carmel, California, for three million dollars and rent it out for ten thousand dollars every weekend. Right. So it kind of has taken over in many places. Well,
1: and you see the same thing happening in in other areas too, like Craigslist would be your sort of non-commercial, idealistic, quasi-socialist sort of enterprise to help people find stuff they need. And then eBay comes along and figures out how to monetize all this and and make boatloads of money. Right. Yeah. I don't know what to do with it, you know? Like every time you have that as you said Jason like sort of the high minded social good enterprise along comes the predatory money making profit seeker to take away all the market share
3: it it just comes back to it comes back to the systems if we take a systems perspective on it in some cases it may be altruistic but then you have a situation where it's like you need to if you're successful you need to grow that thing right yeah you need to support it. Then you have opportunities. People are throwing opportunities yeah, at you. Yeah, it's so tempting. It's, it's like hard to say no to you those. You can make
0: things, billions yeah. if you just do this.
3: Yeah, and in and, and it's it's not to say that the internet is one big pile of dog shit. <laughs> I mean, no, it's not. <laughs> Postcarbon.org is on the internet. It's a wonderful. It's right. right. so one little yeah. you know, gem. Well, yeah. Resilience.org. Yeah. But are you um, saying
1: that's like a piece of corn stuck <laughs> in the in the giant internet? That's so not where time.
3: I was thinking. But thanks for that visual, Rob. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate it. No, I'm just I'm just saying that there's just some something about the good intentions. I think this is true generally with technology, you know yeah. it's like the intentions are usually good. they're usually there to try to solve a problem, yeah, seize an opportunity. The early days of the internet were I think really buoyed up by people who were idealists and and then lo and behold, capital gets involved and egos and the desire of the short term interests that consumers have you know you just put this all this stuff together and then what do you get you get Eight-year-old kids (laughs) unboxing unboxing videos and making $30 $30 million a year.
1: And all all due to some guys that just wanted to score some weed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, listeners, you have heard a lot from us. And if we haven't scared you away yet, You've got a chance to get a little more interactive with us. We're going to be staging one of our favorite events of the year, the Crazy Town Hall.
0: Is this like staging like the moon landing? <laughs> kind of. Okay, <yeah. laughs> great. Well, the Crazy Town Hall is an interactive event that will take place on July 12, 2022 at 10 a.m. U.S. Pacific time. And you get to be in an online conference with the three of us. And you can ask us questions. We're going to play fun games. We're going to get some insider dirt on the podcast. And, and maybe we'll laugh.
3: Twister, right? We're going to do Twister? Okay. Is that the That'd game? That would be great. Okay, Yeah, so the Crazy Town Hall, it's for, uh, for real crazy townies, right? People who want to support the podcast. So if you'd like an invitation to the town hall, we're asking that you make a recurring monthly donation. It could be of any amount to the Post Carbon Institute. If you're already a donor, we thank you so much for your support. You're going to automatically get an invite. And keep in mind, your donations help us with things like buying enough duct tape to repair our microphones. That's Uh,
0: important.
1: It is. But hell, if we get enough donations, maybe we can hire some decent hosts.
0: Oh, my gosh.
3: I would love that. That'd you would awesome. love it? Our listeners would love it. I am.
1: Seriously, please join us at the Crazy Town Hall on July 12, 2022. To sign up, go to postcarbon.org slash crazy town. That's postcarbon.org slash crazy town. Hope to see you there.
2: Every decision I've
3: ever made in my entire life has been wrong. My life is the complete
2: opposite of everything I want it to be. If
3: every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. So the
1: easiest thing to say if you're going to start doing the opposite would be just don't buy shit online. But that's kind of tough. Um, I think you could start a little less draconian than that, which would be just... Go for the more minimalist technology, the ones that don't have this predatory capitalist set of values behind them. So, where, you know where they still exist. These are things like shopping on Craigslist instead of on Amazon, and you can you can tell these so easily because the websites look so simplistic and and old school. Craigslist, there's nothing modern looking about <laughs> no, that. No,
0: no, it's true.
3: Yeah, and even with going back to the sort of the Amazon story and its origin story about about books, there are for profit businesses that you could support that are better than others, right? So the alternative to buying your books on Amazon. Is to buy them on bookshop.org. They brought together a bunch of independent bookstores, so you can support them.
1: Yeah, or you know? Powell's for for our region. Is sure, a exactly. Big independent bookstore.
3: Now, the other thing you could do is get rid of some of the temptations that exist mm-hmm. that make it easy for you that are constantly drilling shit in your head. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, get rid of Amazon Prime, Alexa.
1: I like to actually picture them as a drill now. Like Alexa is Hard. a drill that's drilling your head. Yeah, that makes it easier to get rid of that stuff. Just
3: so much of this is about the ease of shopping, and if if we were trying to live more simply on this earth and to do it in better relationship with one another and the planet, it means maybe making it a little bit harder. To do these consumeristic things. So well, and, take away those some of those temptations that make it easy.
1: And a cool side effect with that is less of your data will be compiled into this mysterious algorithm that will be then targeting you and people like you to buy Absolutely. more stuff. Absolutely.
0: And if you still do have a downtown that has any local businesses, support them. Visit a coffee shop.
2: With, with actual
0: walls, with yeah, I mean it'd be great. Instead of instead of yeah, not not one of the things with disposable cups. It's like a little kiosk maybe, but <laughs> go in have a real mug, ceramic, warm, warm your <laughs> hands with it. Stroll down Main Street, if it's called that still, if it's not been sold off
3: by sponsors. And you definitely want to get there before climate change burns the downtown. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, support your local cobbler, (laughs) uh, bookbinder, and haberdasher.
1: (laughs) Jason just went back to 1842. (laughs) Haberdasher. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you need your chain mail stitched back together, if you've been in any broadsword battles.
1: (laughs) I don't think they stitch those together, <laughs> or right?
0: welded, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay, visit your local this is the, blacksmith. Your local blacksmith, exactly. Yeah,
1: and and what amounts to a recurring theme to Crazy Town is see what you can do to just escape from consumerism generally. Like, be really intentional about what you buy and and look for quality and and the less of a need to buy so much crap. And if you need a dopamine kick, don't get it by just suddenly buying a Ryan's AstroTurf camping experience. Instead, maybe go to the library, check out a book, maybe give somebody a gift, just so long as you don't freaking purchase it from Amazon.
3: Okay, I agree with all of that, but but can I just, just say You could still go check out my son's unboxing videos because I need those clicks. I need need that advertising.
0: Yeah, and make your trebuchet from local materials.
3: Welcome
1: to Hypocrites Are Us.
2: (laughs) Thanks for listening. We just gave you a whole bunch of do the opposite ideas so you can take action in your life and community. If that's too much at this time in your life, do something real simple. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify or any other podcast app and hit the share button to let your friends know about Crazy Town.
0: Hey guys, our show today clearly explores how we can get all our needs met online. It's it's a it's a fantastic
3: world we that live in. That was the point of the show. Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, open a browser, talk to talk to Alexa, she's just sitting right next that to anyway. It means talk
1: to you if I recall you. Yeah.
0: That's right. <laughs> or step, you know, more of us are going to be stepping into the metaverse and it's all there for us all the time. No need to go anywhere, not even outside. Now, as humanity migrates fully into the virtual world, we do risk losing connection to our heritage in the universe. And that's why today's sponsor, the Universe Remembrance Foundation, wants to remind everyone about where we came from. Perhaps we don't want to completely forget about, you know, the laws of thermodynamics and gravity the smell of a wet dog in the rain, <laughs> and the feeling of making love outside of a haptic suit. So I think these folks need support because the universe has been there for us for the last, I don't know, 12 trillion years.
3: Your math is a little off.
0: Something like that.
3: The, the
1: best part is if you want a so membership...
0: 14 billion. 14 billion years, it'll years, and it'll be with us for the next 12 trillion if we could remember it.
1: The best part is to get a membership to the foundation. We've got one-click ordering. Oh. You go in, you one-click, boom, and there's currently a two-for-one deal.
0: Ah, well, the universe... But it mem- also comes free with your Amazon Prime subscription. Oh, fantastic. Universe Remembrance Foundation, sponsored by Amazon.
3: Crazy town.
0: Crazy town.